Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Tuesday, it's Taco Tuesday or something, whatever you want to call it, Tuesday. And uh, NBA, we're still doing NBA and uh, talking about DFS strategy as we always do on this show. Uh, joined by the people in the YouTube chat. Feel free to comment. Feel free to ask questions. Feel free to do whatever you want in the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs ups. Thummy thumbs. Thummy thumbs in the morning as you walk your way through the door. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Infamous talk. Good morning. Suki Singh. Good morning. Daniel Hutchings. Good morning. This is a review show. I mean, if people are tuning in for uh, uh, what's going on in a nine-game NBA slate tonight. Who knows? We had a four-game slant last night, and uh, we had tons of shenanigans happening yesterday. Who's going to play for the Jazz? Apparently no one, okay? That's like, like what's going on with the Bulls, right? Is, La- is Zach Levine going to play? Then we found out he was going to play, and then we found out 15 minutes before lock that DeMar DeRozan was going to sit. Okay, you got to change stuff around there. And then, uh, then, then Royce O'Neal. Joe Ingles, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, they're out for the Jazz. So now we have all these G-leaguers in there. You got Jared Butler and Trent Forrest and Eric Pascal and all those guys, right? You got to figure out what's going on with the Bulls. You got the Pelicans situation. Is Devontae Graham going to play? It was only a four-game slate, and there was tons of shenanigans going on. But I but I, I review it. I, 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 I made good lineups. I mean, I lost money, but, but I, I think I did, I did fairly, fairly well with my lineup uh, builds and how I, how I judge that is, is primarily, I mean, we have results DB here and obviously I, I pulled up a whole bunch of uh, sharper players that they're, they're 150 sets or whatever. And uh, compare uh, my lineups to their lineups. And as well as like, what was the ownership that uh, the players came in on that it was I off on? Cause I mean, my build process is very, very focused on, on ownership on getting a certain amount of projection points for a certain amount of ownership. So, uh, so obviously I, 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 I massage them myself. Uh, don't just use uh, the Roto grinders uh, ownership projections, especially with DeMar DeRozan out. We got the, the jazz players are out. You got, you got to, you got to figure stuff out on the fly. And uh, even, even with the jazz stuff, I, 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 I kind of like changed their projections also because, uh, I, I needed to build lineups, and uh, by the by the by the time the update came in, uh, I was already building new lineups. So, uh, so I, they were about correct. Uh, so, what I like doing in the morning, like I, I leave my uh, my lineup HQ open, and uh, I change the owner. I put the real ownership in for all the players that I had in my pool, which was fairly big for a four game slate, right? I even went all the way down to you know. Kenrich Williams and stuff like that. Does he show up in a lineup? Who knows, right? But a four-game slate, I don't. I don't mind getting further off uh, the, you know, off the optimal lineup uh, projection-wise because uh, there aren't that many options, right? So, so what I like doing is that okay, we see what the ownership is here in Results DB, the new version of Results DB, and uh, and you see the field ownership. So what I do is I, I move this to the side. And you're not going to see it on the screen anymore. And I'll go through, and it's easier if I do a team by team, I guess, and go through team by team and put in the actual ownership, okay? So I'm, I'm going to go to the Knicks. The Knicks, okay, I, I had, uh, I had uh, Barrett and Quickly in my pool. 
right? So Quickly came in in 2.5, which is about right. Uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm not going to put in the points or whatever. Uh, so let me, let me put in three, round up. And then R.J. Barrett came in at 11, 11.1. Okay. Then we go over to uh, Cleveland. Let's let's take a look at Cleveland. Cleveland, right? Because once a bunch of Jared Allen got ruled out, it, it, it bumped up a bunch of the people here. Uh, Kevin Love, I had a 28. I have him, I had him at over-owned at 28. And uh, he came in at 36. So I would have gotten even less of him. So uh, it wouldn't have mattered either way. He did well. Uh, Evan Mobley came in at 23. Yeah, I got a bunch of him. Darius Garland came in at 19 or 20. Okay, close. Okoro, I didn't play. Dean Wade came in at five instead of six. Okay, close. Uh, Rondo came in at 1.3. I, I put, sometimes I just, I have a floor of, of, of ownership. Anytime it's like two or four or something. Because once I start putting down downs to one, then I start getting too much of them. So uh, Rondo came Rondo came in at, at one, 1.3. Jetty Osmond came in at 6.6. Okay, so we, we got all these guys. Now let's go over to Chicago, right? And their value kind of opened up with, uh, with guys out. All right, so we take a look at Vooch at 23, 123.7. And I got a ton of Vooch. I played a lot more Vooch than Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, Troy Brown Jr., 6.2. I had him at 10 because I had to manually adjust these guys because the Rosen's out. And what, how, how do we shift all these people around? So Troy Brown is six. Tyler Cook came in at two. I thought he would come in a way higher. Uh, Javante Green, barely anyone played him, 1.2. Zach Levine came in at 21. I thought he was overowned. He ended up playing like one minute less than he would normally play. And Kobe White came in at 11. Okay, close enough. Then we go over to OKC. Shy came in at 35.7, so I was close enough. Okay. Josh Giddy came in at 11 point. Okay, he came in way lower. 11.4. Dort came in at 10.7. Kenrich. Came in at 1.5. Robinson Earl came in at 1.9. And Baisley came in at 2. Okay. Let's go over to Indiana. So this is something that you could do in the morning. I'm just, that's what I'm showing you. I'm showing you exactly what I do in the morning. That's the whole point of this show. What do I do at 11 o'clock in the morning? Or sometimes 12, right? Sometimes earlier, whatever. Review the past slate. Okay, so Karis Levert came in at, at 23. Yeah, I, I would have gotten even... Well, I barely got Levert to begin with, so I'm going to get even less of him at 23. Goga came in at 17.8. Oh, close. Okay, 18. Jeremy Lamb came in at 13. Yeah, the Lamb, the Lamb I got kind of screwed up on because all the Utah players got shifted around. So obviously he's going to come in less here, which means I'm going to get more of them. Torrey Craig... 5.5. Okay, that's pretty good. And let's take a look at the Pelicans. I'm only showing you this on a slate like today because it's a four-game slate. You think I'm going to do this tomorrow for a nine-game slate? We'll be here all day. I mean, I, I, I'm going to do it personally, but maybe not on the show. 
So let's go to uh, New Orleans. We got a bunch of people that was that was viable. Jonas came. Yeah, I had him at thirty four. He came in at forty nine point seven, which means I would a lot more Vooch, a lot less Jonas. Uh, Herbert Jones thirty one point six, uh, directionally fine. What did Garrett tell you? Yeah, Garrett, yeah, everything got shifted around because of Forrest and Butler and and all the Jazz guys. So that this ownership is going to be a little bit off. Yeah, fourteen for da- Garrett Temple, Devonte Graham, thirteen. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 14. Jackson Hayes barely was owned, but 1.3. Josh Hart, 26. Okay, close. Good. Okay, let's go. Let's go to Phoenix. Okay, Cameron Johnson, 49.4. Yeah. So some of the ownership came down on Johnson because of the Jazz guys. So he's going to come down to 49. Devin Booker. 26.6. 26.6. Bismack came in at 11.8. And Chris Paul came in at 25.2. Okay. Not, not bad. And let's go to Utah. Finally. Okay. Clarkson, I put down at 42. And he came in at 37. And I had a ton of Clarkson. Jared Butler, 10. Right on the dot. Trent Fars, 25.8. So I was close. Eric Pascal, 15. Hassan Whiteside, 27. Elijah Hughes, 2. Daniel House, 8. Because we didn't have a starting lineup, right? Uh, Rudy Gay, 24. Yeah, 24. I was more likely, even though House and Gay started, I was more likely to play more Hughes than Pascal. Because once you take Clarkson off the court, like who, who the hell shoots the ball? So I figured that, that that the guys that didn't start actually had a had a higher upside than the guys in the lineup with, with Jordan Clarkson and Hassan Whiteside there. And it's reflected in the projections as well. Okay, so I'm going to bring this back. Okay, so now that I adjusted all the ownership, I'm still using the same projections that I used, but I reflected all the ownership of the players. Now I'm going to go into build rules. I'm going to go, I, I just want to, I want a diverse set, right? Three unique players. My max total ownership for any lineup, I maxed out at 220 uh, as I was building. I mean, I had ones that were lower, right? I had all across the entire spectrum. But now I'm just looking at, give me 100 lineups that have a max ownership at 220, three unique players, just to get, get a sense of what these lineups look like, more or less than what I, what I originally had. Okay, so I'm going to build 100 here. Just to get a sense. So obviously I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get less love. I'm going to get less Jonas. Like the guys that I didn't have as much of to begin with, right? I get a lot of Mobley, right? Which what I mean, I already had a lot of Mobley to begin with. Oh, I got, okay. I got to, I got to shift all these. When I'm when I'm doing late swaps, I got, I, I'm putting in some, some hard coded kind of stuff in here just to make sure I maintain some of my lineups. So let me get rid of this. Right, because I don't want to force anything in. I want to see what naturally comes up. Once I change Once I change the ownership. Like Cam Johnson, I had it like 58, and he came in at, what, 49, which means I should get more of him. Right, because the more owned they are, their projection doesn't change. That means I will be getting less of them. 
in general. Okay, so let's run that. Everything's clear. So let's run 100 again. <sighs> do, 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 do. DJA Dog 3K, who would you say is the best people to study in results DB? I would go to the Roto Grinders rankings and study those people. It's kind of weird that Roto Grinders has rankings that you could just say, who are the best players? Well, probably the people that are top 50, top 100, whatever. Okay, now here we go. Right, okay, so Vooch, like compare, comparing to kind of the exposures, kind of the types of lineups that I was building. Uh, yesterday, I built 42 lineups. So I had a ton of Vooch. I had a ton of Clarkson. Okay, I had a ton of Forrest. A ton of Shai Gillis Alexander. A ton of Evan Mobley. I had less Cameron Johnson, but I'm getting more now because his ownership came down. I had Pascal. I had a bunch of Booker. I had Troy Brown. Yeah, I mean, I would have had less Jeremy Lamb. Okay, less, less Jeremy Lamb. Uh, see, I mean, I mean, take a look at Kevin Love. I mean, I missed, I, that's about as much as I had. I didn't have much Kevin Love. I would have gotten a little bit less white side, right? I'm just looking through some of this, right? Tyler Cook still would, even, even at 2%, I, right? Karis LeVert, I would have had less of, okay. But especially at the top, like, I don't see how my lineups would have changed all that much. In general, I would have I would have had a lot, a lot of Evan Mobley, who, I mean, got 37 points, but they ain't going to cut it. I wouldn't have had much uh, Kevin Love. I wouldn't have had much Levert, regardless of the ownership. Right. So it's like taking a look at the lineups that I did build. Or if we go here. Right. So you can see my, this is my late swap exposures, right? So Vooch, Clarkson, Gilgis, SGA. So here, here's the main difference. White side, like Lamb, RJ Barrett, which I couldn't change out of. So what, what does RJ Barrett look like in my, in my, in my, this, this, this hundred, this fake hundred? Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, RJ Barrett, 13%. So basically white side and Barrett. I wouldn't have played as much of based on the construction, based on just this, this, this test run, but still Booch, Clarkson, Forrest, SGA, Pascal book. I mean, it, it, most of these guys did fine. I mean, that's what I said. My lineups, I mean, I lost money, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't unhappy with my lineups based on the projection versus ownership. Right, looking through these types of yeah, I mean, this is what kind of what my lineups look like. Right, I have a good lineup, and then you have like Jeremy Lamb, Evan Mobley with only thirty-seven. Right, Pascal got nineteen, which isn't the end of the world for thirty-three hundred. Okay, but this is what I do. Right, put in the actual ownership, use the projections that you would have used, and see how the lineups would have differed. Had I known, that's what you're trying to. That's what you're trying to test. Had I known this information, would my decisions have changed? Would my output have changed? And see where it changed. Oh, but if they did well, if they didn't, it doesn't matter to me. Kevin Love, I didn't have that much of because he was overowned for his projection. He came in higher owned, 
which means had I known that, I may have had even less of them. So it doesn't matter that Kevin Love had a good game. I don't care about the actual results. Peter Ortenberg, in a situation like last night, should you try to fill your lineup swaps to max salary and not focus so much on projections? I don't, I don't understand. I have no idea what you, what you, I don't know what you're, what you're trying to imply. After all the scratches of key players, aren't the projections not as important? No, the projections are even more important. When would the projections not be important? I, I don't, I, I don't get the question to begin with. In a situation like last night, you just try to fill your lineup swaps to max salary. But what happens if you don't need the max salary? I, I, I don't I don't understand. Uh, let's see. Right, Rupster says they're still important. Even salary is fine as long as the lineup's still projected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a situation like last night, you should worry more about projections. I mean, like. Would you rather play a lineup that projects for 278 that leaves 2200 on the table or a lineup that projects for 270 that uses all the salary? No, you'd rather have the higher projected lineup. It doesn't matter what the salary is. Okay. But we can see across the board, you could look in uh, in uh, lineup HQ in, uh, in results DB. Powered now by Fantasy Labs. You can see across the board, I mean... Most people had Joe Val and Kevin Love, like across the board, right? I didn't. I had more white side, yet we still had like Chipotle Attic, Hishbu, had more white side. Took it like Evan Mobley. I had a lot of Evan Mobley, and some people were up and down, like the Colts and Magneto and Petty Theft barely have any. Uh, but obviously, the people that that have a lot of love probably don't have that as much uh, Evan Mobley. Still, I didn't have much Levert. It's just like looking through. These are all, and Pascal is all like late swaps. Garrett Temple, Devontae Graham, Daniel House here, Jared Butler. Anything on the way on the bottom? Um, okay. Take a look-see. But some people didn't switch to that much Clarkson. Like, there was still plenty. Like, Utica had, like, all of the Clarkson. Right? Chipotle at 59%. Petty theft, 72%. It's only so much swapping you could do if you have a lot of, you know, games that are already locked. Eh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, what's, go, what's going on today? What's going on today? What do we got today? Injured, 10. So Anthony Davis is probable. Then we got Fox, Hayward, Clay, Patrick Beverly. Apparently projects really well if he plays. 28 minutes, 4,300. Let's take a look. Oh, we got a decently projected players today. As of right now, as of as of what? Maybe let, let me refresh this. As of five forty-six in the morning, it means no one's come in and, and manually done anything yet. Now we still got that. So we got Embiid, Harden, Jokic, got a lot of high-priced guys that have good uh, salary-adjusted values. So we're going to get it's going to be what 
a lot of like ups and downs build stars and scrubs naw beverly and two two uh two studs let's take a look what it was like the optimal look like right no, not even two studs. I mean, not even Embiid, no Jokic, right? Because you're fitting in Pirtle, Eric Gordon, Harden. You got Graham and Walker in here. Harden and Mills. Okay. But this doesn't look like that bad of a slate. As of right now, as of right now, we, we don't, we don't, we don't, we have no idea. Like, let's go back to, uh, where can I find this? What does the, the injury report look like? We could get this uh, Roto Grinders premium, right? So I'm looking at the Situation Room and Meansy's uh, Core Plays article. It's not really Core Plays; it's more of an overview. So look, Durant's out, Irving's out, Fox is questionable. So that's going to be a big impact one, right? George is out, Ingram's doubtful, Davis is probable. Lillard's out indefinitely. These are these are all out, out, outs. Take a look at the delay of the land. Right, what we don't know. We have a whole bunch of people here. It's going to matter. That I guess Fox is the big one, and I guess Beverly. Right, what's going to happen on the back to back with the Pelicans? Uh. James Harden, a good play, obviously, and Bede and Jokic, right? You can you get this entire article if you're premium. Rotogrinders.com slash premium. It goes over an overview of the slate. So I just like looking through. Okay. Just get the lay of the land, especially since I, I have no idea what's going on. And all this stuff is going to change anyway, right? Right, that's what happens. But taking a look look at this right now, I mean... I mean, guys like Patrick Beverly may be a key piece because he's 4,300. Looking through. Right, we have to wait for more of a manual update for ownership versus uh, projections. Uh, So I don't know what to talk. I don't know what to talk about. We could run some lineups, I guess. Right, if we run, like, let's see. Whatever. Let's 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 run. Let's just uh, get a whole whole swath. Hundred and fifty. Whatever. At the current ownership, this is like just a sample run. Run one hundred and fifty, and let's start knocking out lines. I don't think it's going to matter at, at at this point. Even if we take a look game by game, like Denver, Detroit, not much here. Clippers, Wizards, oh, awful. Charlotte, Toronto, we got Toronto side people. Pelicans, yeah, the Pelicans will be fine. They'll be chalky. What Philadelphia? Yeah, I guess I guess that may be one of the chalkier games. Sacramento, not good. I mean, this is assuming it's Fox is in. Boston, eh. 
Lakers, Brooklyn. Other than the stars, not much. Okay, here we get some lineups. So in our current projections, you're getting a ton of Patrick Beverly, a ton of Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a lot of Pascal, Derek White, Embiid. Jokic, you're getting more, you're actually getting more Embiid than James Harden. But I think it's primarily due to Beverly, NAW, Gordon. You could fill those guard spots, maybe a little bit easier. It's not in the, it, it, it's in the top lineup, but not in like all of these 150s. So let's let's get rid of some lineups. 212, 215, 210, 205, 198. And we beat 198, 197. Of course, as with ownership as it is now, projections, I mean, this, all of these numbers will be changing. But if we go by the numbers as of now, let's see what some of the best projected versus ownership type lineups there are. 193, 188. one eighty eight, one eighty eight oh nine. 188, 189. Can we beat that? Okay, 188.09. I probably should have done less for time purposes. 184, 184, 180. I got rid of the 180. Up, oh, whoops. Got to beat 180. We just remove. Or we just remove. We just. I mean, I, I could just speed this along. Like I said, this is an this is an exact, and all this all these numbers are going to change. 179. What I do this for is to see what players make up lineups that are higher projected for lower ownership. 178, can we do 179, 178, 177. Okay, we got, we found some, we found some lineups. 177, 175. And you could always ask your questions in the YouTube chat. Hit that thumbs up on. Okay, so what do we have to beat? Oh, I got a 167 down here. Okay, there's a 167. Are we almost done? Yeah, let's just let's just delete all the lineups below. Delete that one. So we got what? 15 lineups. Okay. A ton of Derek White, apparently. A lot of Derek White, Patrick Beverly, Eric Gordon, James Harden. So let's see by, by, by position, like that those centers. Right, you're playing more Pirtle as of right now, or Isaiah Stewart. Jackson A's always seems to come up. Point guard. It looks like a lot of Derek White. What's his price? Six thousand. Is that is that is something going on with the Spurs that makes Derek White that great of a play today? Possibly. Someone out? Or just did, did, is is he getting more minutes? I mean, what what's going on? Like I said, I I I I played what three or four slates last week and then haven't played for two months. So where's the Spurs? 
Well, they seem to be fairly, fairly full, full strength to an extent. I guess he's playing a little bit more minutes, right? So 33, 33. Right? If, he's, if he's playing more like 33 than 28 to 30. I guess that's where it's going, right? Because, I mean, we got everyone in here. Lonnie Walker, Calvin Johnson, Mari, I mean, they play all these guys. Right, so we have Derek White in for 32 minutes. That's why. Okay. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense now. But compared to his, his ownership, if he's only 25% owned, I guess, I guess he fits in. Or maybe it's a weak shooting guard position. What do shooting guards look like on the slate? Yeah, I guess so. I guess, yeah, shooting guard is a weak position. I mean, most of these guys are, are also eligible at a point guard or small forward. So what does small forward position look like? Yeah, small forward is fairly weak also. Right, so Gordon Mills, you pay up a little hard in Ananobi, and a shooting guard, you're getting NAW, Derek White, McCollum, Gordon, hard Ananobi. Okay, so maybe that that that's that's a little bit more of the reason why Derek White's showing up a bunch. Just a, a, a positional scarcity. Power forward, yeah, that's why we're getting a lot of Pascal Siakam. At the power forward position, like he's projected almost four points higher than the next than anyone underneath him. We take a look at point guard. Yeah, point guard is a strong position today, right? So really, the opportunity cost on, on not playing Harden, you have a bunch of shooting guards to play, and point guards to play, and then center. And center's fairly strong, also. I mean, yeah, you got Siakam in there. But you don't have to play Embiid or Jokic. You got Christian Wood, Jakob Pertl, still have Valanciunas there. You could take a flyer on Isaiah Stewart, I guess. Just assessing the slate, this is what you would do, right? But it's 11.30 in the morning, so like, like these numbers are going to change. I, this guy's in, that guy's out, this guy's whatever. Just looking through, getting, getting, getting accustomed. The lay of the land. And then run some lineups. And that's pretty much all you could do. That's all you could really do in the morning. And then you come back to this at like 5.30 Eastern. Like I will literally, I won't, I won't even pay attention. Wait for that 5.30 p.m. Eastern injury report. Turn on your alerts if you have the Roto-Grinders app. Anything of consequence, you'll, you'll, you'll get alerted to. You'll get a notification. Then around 6 o'clock, an hour before lock, then you start building lineups. We got one, two, three, four. We got four games early at seven o'clock, then two at seven thirty, then one at eight, and then a big drop, and then we got two at ten. So I like the fact we got we got early games. It's not uh, I I don't like when it's like one game early and then a lot of it backloaded. And that you know that's a late swap type of type of night. This is like you know by by eight by at, right after eight o'clock, like most of the lineups. Like you're gonna be you're gonna be done even. I mean, if we take a look at even even the projections currently for the late games, Dallas, no one's gonna be like standing out, right? Based on these projections. Golden State, no. 
their ownership is going to be fairly low, pretty low. Minnesota, right. You need the Beverly lose, right? And then Portland, you got McCollum, Simons, Nurkic. Okay, there'll be some a little bit there. I'm saying most of the ownership is going to be eight o'clock or below. So the two late games. How many, how many, how many late swap opportunities are they going to be? Probably not much. I'm saying from a perspective that your lineups don't have much wiggle room anymore. Okay. YouTube chat is open. If you got it, if you got anything to say, speak now or forever hold your peace. Sometimes these shows are short because why, why wouldn't they? What else can we talk about? We reviewed yesterday's slate. I mean, I reviewed as go through that process of how I went through and changed the ownership and reran lineups and said, is, is, would, would I have done anything differently had I known? That's how you should be reviewing slates. Use results DB. Check, you know, top players. What do their lineups look like? Then go through and then load up the today's slate and see, like, get a, get a hang on what positions look 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 weaker than others, what teams, what what uh, what the questionable tags are out. So that's pretty much all you could do to plan for NBA this early. The numbers are the numbers, right? Our projections team will update the numbers. Our ownership, uh, you know, Tuttle and and Jamino, they'll take care of the ownership. We got the we got like seven guys on the projection team. They'll take care of the projections. Everything's being done for you. All you have to do is now take these numbers and just mesh them together for the contest that you play. That's why you should get Roto Grinders Premium. Get an NBA. Get just get, get single sport NBA. The projections are the most worthwhile thing that you could get. You go to rotogrinders.com slash premium, sign up for NBA, and you get access to everything, everything NBA on, on Rotogrinders. If you want a combo, right? Because you're going to play MMA, you're going to play golf. Obviously, MLB is coming back, supposedly, hopefully, uh, coming back in April. And you could you could always switch to a combo subscription then. And you get to use lineup HQ. You get to use all the tools and everything, right? If you want $10 off your first month, click on the link in the description or in the chat. Uh, Eli put it in the chat also. Daniel Hutchins asks, what are your thoughts on fading a game because of high roster uncertainty? In large slates, you often have so many choices, you might not be giving up much if you're careful with ownership. Well, it depends. I mean, obviously, that depends on who's, av- who's available in that game. What, what could they be projected for? High roster uncertainty. Typically, I lean into those situations. I mean, it, it, if no one projects well, regardless of if it's a certain or not, then I don't, I don't care that much. But I, I like, I, the more uncertainty there is on a slate, the, the more I enjoy the slate. Use the word enjoy. I don't enjoy the slate. The more edge there is. I want the uncertainty. I embrace the uncertainty. Right? People, everyone played Rudy Gay yesterday. And I played a bunch of Elijah Hughes. Do I even know who Elijah Hughes is? No. But House and Gay started. And Gay is historically a good fantasy point per minute player. So that's why people gravitated to Gay. But it's like, why can't I, why, why don't I play the 3K guys? Why don't I play the guys on the second unit? 
They're they're playing with like an eight man rotation. What do I care who starts and who doesn't start? If anything, the guy that starts has to deal with Jordan Clarkson chucking forty balls. So I played more of the more Jad Butler, more Hughes. I mean, I did play Trent Forrest also. I played Eric Pascal. That's an uncertainty. People leaned into Rudy Gay. But it's really an uncertain situation. So I embrace those situations. But obviously, if there's roster uncertainty, is there a way that it could skew where a guy is is an insane value? Right? Is there a guy that, like, is going to be 4,300 and project for 30 points if he gets 31 minutes? Like, then, then it's worth doing. But if you see there's no there's no way around it. They're playing with an 11 man rotation. We don't know what we don't know the starters or anything and they're all going to play 28 minutes. Like I, that's an uncertain situation also, but is there is do you see a way for any of them to dramatically exceed value? If not, then I don't care about the uncertainty that much. And it's, it's 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 more certain that no one from the game does well. From a GPP like ceiling perspective. But that to me that's the determination. I don't mind. I don't mind uncertainty. I embrace uncertainty, but there has to be reward for it. Uh, Trey says I still struggle with finding the perfect max ownership for a slate. There isn't. There. There isn't a perfect max ownership. As led that does not. You can play any ownership you want. As long as long as as you give up projection, you gain. You, you get an ownership discount. You lose ownership. You can play lineups that are 30 points below the optimum. As long as they're also like 90% max total owned, right? You can play, you can play lineups that are, that are 270% total ownership, right? Towards the top. You could play any anywhere, any slice of that pie. You don't have to p- play everything within a certain slice. So like yesterday, I played some lineups that were only three points off the optimum. I also played lineups that were 30 points off the optimal. The point, the lineups that were 30 points off the optimal were very contrary. And I played those in the in the largest of fields. The hundred dollar showtime single entry, that's that's like where my highest projected lineup goes. Like the $40 single entry, those, those, I don't have to give up. I'm not gonna give up 20 points. For those contests, it's it's unnecessary. The payoff isn't worth it. But when it's 100K to first in a 30,000 entry contest, some of my lineups are this are this owned. Some of my lineups are this owned. Some of my lineups are this owned. It's a, it's a diverse swap. It's not like I find this range and I play 20 lineups from this range. You could if you want. And then your lineups aren't going to be all that diverse. You're going to have like 80% of something, which is fine if you want to. So I have some chalkier lineups that have a, like one, two pivots. I have some lineups that are much more contrarian that are like four V4s. Then I have some lineups at the bottom, you know, a handful, two or three at the bottom where it's like YOLO, <laughs> YOLO, right? Those types of lineups that project well for their ownership, but their ownership is very low. And 24, 25 points below the optimal. You could do, you could do any of those. You could play you could play a lineup 
that is a total ownership of 8%, right? Eight, one, eight, 1% owned guys. You could. Now you probably have to play a contest that has like a million entries in it for it to be worthwhile. Is there one that, is there a contest like that? No. So it's probably negative EV regardless. You get to a certain point where the projected, I'm playing a lineup that's 90 points below optimal. Like, like what size contest would you need to play to give up that many points? 50 million entries? I mean, like, if there's no contest like that that exists, then there's no point in playing that lineup. But I'm getting all the ownership with it. Yeah, sure, yes. Yes, you are. But your, your, your win chances are absurdly low. That the probability of you coming in first place, regardless of the ownership, is low enough that if you played this a million times, you'd still you wouldn't still be losing money. Okie doke. So uh, yeah, so uh, click on that thumbs up button on your way out the door. On your way out the door, ups or downs doesn't matter. I don't think it matters for the YouTube out of the room. Uh, and uh, hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. We'll have a Grinders Live later today, right? Grinders Live is still here. That's free, right? Five, five, ten, five, ten. I think uh, on on this channel. Then cr- uh, pr- uh, crunch time for premium members, and you get a Roto Grinders premium subscription. rotogrinderscom slash premium. Ten dollars off your first month by clicking on the link in the description, and uh, and we'll we'll go over what happened. Any, anything that we, we talked about about this slate. I'm assuming by by seven hours from now, it's going to be completely different, right? So whatever I say, oh, you're going to play this guy, and then that guy, and Siakam, he could be out. Who knows? We have no idea what's going on, but we'll review it tomorrow and answer your DFS strategy questions, as I always do, on the DFS free game show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs> <laughs>